Welcome to the Be Ruthless Show, where we have the conversations that other people don't, the conversations that other people won't. I'm your host, Sam Ruth, and I'm ready to make a lot of noise and disrupt things ruthlessly. Thanks for being here today. Now let's get to it. Welcome back to the Be Ruthless Show. Joining me today is Michael Overly. Michael is a canine partnered men's guide, retreat leader, energy healer, and author. The death of his brother tore him open, and a very special dog helped guide him to another way of being. That grief became a gift as he was able to see how he was being in the world and decided to change. He discovered how dogs are here to help us heal deep trauma and now shows other men how to heal their own lives. Oh my God, how amazing. Thank you for being here. Yay! I thought we were going to be talking about tacos, but I guess we'll we'll go with this other subject matter. If only the world were all dogs. (laughs) Oh my God, right? Sassy, my oldest, was is dealing with this crazy eye thing. So she came to my retreat because she had to, and everyone loved it. So now they're forever coming. <laughs> oh yeah, there, there's something. There's something about it. Yeah, the the, the retreats I'm 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 creating, um, much smaller in number just because of the num- the dogs. And it, it's a one guy with his dog, and then there's there's four of them total plus me. So five guys, five dogs. It gets pretty uh, tenacious pretty quick um so um yeah there's there's a lot of structure around that um i'd love to have like 100 guys and 100 dogs um but i know there'd be like helicopters in the fire department and all kinds of i would just love to watch and play with all the dogs yeah oh yeah sorry about your brother but i mean it is true Mm. animals heal you know what that i'd been waiting for this phone call um telling me that my brother was either dying or dead for, for a number of years. And when it finally came, I was still like, uh, um, and then, you know, later that same day, we just took him off life support. So, um, luckily that all went quick instead of watching him waste away, which I've seen as in other family members as well. And it's really hard. So he, uh, he went fast and, uh, what I got from that was, um, was amazing. It was incredibly painful and just leveled me. It took me out for a while, but opening and allowing my own grief to come. And it wasn't just the grief of him. It was all this other stuff I had left bottled up and hidden and packed away. Um, it was amazing. It was, it was literally the best gift I'd ever received. And people look at me so strangely when I say that, but if I'd been on the same course that I was on, I would still be rageful and angry and i might have shot somebody by now who knows um i was better than other times in my life but i was still just so mad i was just carrying this forward in all my interactions and i had i I couldn't see it i didn't know that you know i didn't know that what everybody else was seeing And, and then i was shown this other perspective so so this dog is not sitting with us why oh indigo yeah, she is at the back door waiting for deer or something else to come close so she can lose her, her mind. Yeah. <laughs> no, she's uh, she's fantastic. So th- she's the recent addition. Um, she's been here two and a what, couple years, a couple, little over a couple years. Um, Belgian Shepherd, um, just so smart and so tenacious and fierce and sweet at the same time. 
She's amazing. Yeah. How did how did she rescue you? Um, it was a number of months after Darby, who was um, he was the dog that was around when my brother died. He was Darby the Wonder Dog. Um, Darby got sick and died. He had cancer. And about five months later, um, my girlfriend said, you know, I know you keep looking at this dog at this one shelter. Let's go see her. Well, that was it, right? Put her in the car and brought her home. So um, she's been through some stuff. She's been through her own stuff. And I, I have this this thing for, I've never bought a dog, like from a, a store or whatever. They're, they've all been adopted, all rescues. Even my first one as a kid. Um. I just have a thing for them, right? I think everybody deserves a second and third and fourth and fifth and sixth chance. So I bring these dogs in and um, sometimes they're tough to deal with. You know, she's she's a Belgian and she's smart and tough and can only be trained so far by me. I even hired a guy who works with police dogs. We got her to a certain point and I'm like, okay, that's it. That's enough. I want her to still live her life as she needs to. How'd the first one rescue you? Like, how did, how did, how did it come to be? So Sage, there was actually a dog that I don't even remember because I was so small that like got out of the yard and got run over. But Sage came to us when um, I was like five. And that dog literally kept me alive because I had suicidal ideation um, when my family split up when I was 11 years old. You know, dad left right after he moved to a new city and somehow I got it in my head that I was to blame, right? You know, kids. Right? So this dog would seek me out. He knew when my energy was off and when I was feeling crappy and he would just come find me and give me what I needed. So he literally kept me going. So always had animals since? Um, off and on, not not all the time, but um, at, what after Sage... Um, he made it 16 years. He was he was quite something. And then I had uh, Winston, who was just a big, big black pain in the butt. <laughs> he was a black lab Newfoundland mix with a lot of uh, same same thing behavioral issues, um, like my little girl here. Um, but he just had this this underlying sweetness, and so um, brought him into my life. And and he he was big and powerful and. Um, he made me feel big and powerful, right? So I really needed that at that time. And after that was Miles, who um, was a canine comedian. Miles was a hoot. He was a purebred uh, black lab that couldn't swim. <laughs> he would try. It was funny. Um, and then Darby came in. And Darby, um, he was the catalyst for the work I do now. Like he, he introduced me to these other ways of being that I didn't know were out there. Yeah. How, yes, this is the story. Yeah, yeah, Darby. Here's, uh, I got a picture of him right there. Oh. Yep, he was a little pity mix from a dog fighting thing. Um, I had been recently divorced, was living in a cabin in the mountains, and was, you know, wanting a little friend, and the guy who owned the place said, yeah, go ahead and get a dog. And so I, I found a link to an article, and um, anyway, he showed up the next day. And then we were inseparable. Yeah. So how did he show you this other way of being? So after this, uh, this deep, deep grief spell, a few days after my brother's uh, death, I was literally laying back in like a, like a lazy boy chair. And I'd been, you know, just crying uncontrollably. 
um, writhing in pain. Like it felt like I was being ripped apart. I didn't know what was going on. And I was actually scared. I finally settled down. And then here comes this, this little dog, you know, 60 something pound dog comes crawling up, lays across my chest. And the next thing I know, I felt such love. Um, it was energy healing, love, deep connection, compassion. I'd never felt anything like it before. Like, like, like there's like somebody plugged me in. I was, I was lit up and I didn't know what that was. So I started kind of looking into it and, um, I found out about energy healing and learned that my mom was a healer, but she, you know, she knew I could, couldn't understand. Um, and it just sent me off to the races. So I went and got trained in all these different modalities. One was you know, working specifically on dogs and, you know, and then there were others and then there are more and more. And, uh, I mean, it's just fantastic. He literally showed me that there's more. And what he also gave me was no matter what happens, you're safe and you're loved. I've got you. Right. Because when my brother died, I lost my hero. When we, we always lose more than the act, whatever it is with a loss than the actual person, the job, the, you know, um, when we lost, when I lost my husband, we sassy, I only had one dog at the time. She was grieving as much as I was. I now have two dogs. I'm telling you it was because of her. Like she was not okay. So if you want to talk about the powers of animal healing, Dallas healed sassy. Like that is her service dog. That is her. They're inseparable. Like, of course I adore them both, but I am telling you, um, call it this. I say Jim had something to do with it, whatever you want to call it. But I have never, ever seen people now. Now she's 12. But like people thought I had two puppies when before they thought that Sassy was, you know, an old dog when I, when we were both grieving. Well, we were all still grieving. But, you know, at that point, it was other people wouldn't get it. Non-dog people wouldn't get it. Even a lot of dog people don't get it. And that's okay. There's there's no shame or criticism in that. It's just some people are more aware, more awake. Yeah, I don't even have where I can't adequately describe. Um, but the, yes, she brought life back to that one and me as well. But... Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's phenomenal, right? It's like, what else, what's going on in the universe that all of a sudden this other animal shows up and starts this chain reaction of healing? We were lost. I have a client and it's interesting. It was approaching the year mark. She's approaching the year mark. She got a kitten. Same thing, right? Like you see a, a light kind of appear in her eyes. She's a little bit alive. You know, she's not just going to work, coming home, going to bed, going. Now she's taking care of it. You know, she loves this little animal. It gives you a little bit of a different reason. You have a little, you know, you have a little bit. Of, I, I still had sassy. I was living for sassy, um, but she absolutely brought a different energy into our world again. Yeah. Yeah. 
true. I mean, and it's it's the energy of it, right? Uh, it doesn't mean you're not still grieving, that you don't still hurt. But there's something more. So there's not just the work you're doing. There's this app. Yeah. New app comes out um, on December 5th. Right? That, at least that's what I'm telling everybody. <laughs> the logo is the coolest thing ever. Yeah. It's simple, right? I think the older I get and the more more of my own healing that I do, I realize that I really crave simplicity. I want simple. Um, and there's, there's so many complexities already in our lives. I wanted this to be easily accessible, easy to, you know, navigate, easy to find your way through and easy to, easy to ask questions and join other things. So um, I've already got over six hours of audios loaded for free for whoever, um, a copy of my book, PDF for, for whoever wants it. Um, and then there's premium where we're going to be doing live coaching and I'm bringing in coaches and energy healers and everybody I know and that I can think of that I think could help these guys um, every single week, every single week. So yeah, you can't find this anywhere else. This is amazing. It's a paw print and a footprint. Love. Do it for that. Um, men only, correct? Men only. Yep, this is a safe container for the guys. We we don't have spaces like this very much. You know, there's there's people out there running men's groups. Um, a lot of churches do them. There's a lot a lot of private communities, but not nearly as many as we need, and not nearly as many as the women do. And part of that is because guys don't they don't want to ask for help. They don't ever want to be seen as weak or vulnerable. Um, vulnerability has a whole other meaning in my world now, but um, it needs to be a safe space for the guys. A hundred percent. We're doing this event coming up in three days. I had to count on my fingers because I'm losing my mind a little bit, getting it together. Uh, I have first responder, like there needs to be an audience, a safe place for men, the men involved who are willing to be vulnerable and share. I'm so grateful for because others struggle coming forward. So if there are any communities and places for men um, willing, I have a client who is fearful because of it. So uh, there are many, many people looking, but nervous because of it. So, yeah. you know, thank you for creating it. Others want it, but there is the stigma. Well, this, this is, it's an app, right? You just open it on your phone. And if you want to jump on one of the, you know, one of the live calls that we're going to do, you can and keep your, keep your camera off. I don't care. I'm not going to push anybody for levels of engagement or play any games. I'm just going to keep providing resources all the time and more and more and more. And maybe something will go, Oh, you know, spark that curiosity and go, I want to learn more about that. And if I spark someone to go do some work with someone else, I've done my job, right? I'm not like trying to build an email list and a client base. This is a resource. This is just a resource for people who don't know where else to go. Love that you said that. Uh, I have somebody who didn't want to be a part of the event because it wasn't a prime slot. You know, it wasn't a good enough speaking slot or something or another. And like, I like people who collaborate and share and want to help the whole person share resources 
break the stigma. Let's just help each other, help each other, get help, get better, help the whole person. Um, it, this, it's not even about me or you. It is about yeah. raising awareness. No one knows that there's a National Grief Awareness Week. And it's not even at this point only about that. There's a whole calendar with awareness days that the world doesn't talk about. Not about any of us. So thank you for that. That, you know, like if somebody needs more, I'm bringing in you. I bring in sound healing. I'll bring in anything that I can't do to help people get the help. Love that. that we're in such a, you know, what's in it for me society. Um, we've lost this idea of just, just helping, <laughs> um, you know, being of service, right. In, in a, in a grander way of saying it, but just, just, just help somebody. You don't, you don't have to get paid for it. You don't have to do, you know, I'm not saying that people can't make a living, but it, it's just the idea and the concept like, Hey, it's okay. If I just, if I could just go help this guy. Right. So like, uh, my partner and I, we do we do this thing our, um, three times a month. We each do something outside of here where we do the, some random act of kindness or some generous thing or whatever for someone, and we don't share what it is, right? So it doesn't have to be accountability around it, but it's just this thing. It's like, okay, I, you know, I'm going to go do I got my three things to do this month on, on top of whatever else I'm doing. And it's just like here, and there's, there's no reciprocity from it. There's no expectation from it. So I think we, we're missing a lot of that in this world. We had teachers and Thanksgiving with a, all these people and they were looking at the kids' phones and looking at how many hours were spent on this app and what hours were you most on this and that, all these things. And my nieces were looking at mine and looking at the event and looking and looking at how many people were sharing and talking about it. But one said, so, you know, there's one or two people not sharing. Why not? <laughs> Everyone else is doing like one's 10. Like that's that nice. <laughs> Why isn't your friend sharing? I don't like that. You know, just innocently, you know, and there, are, there just is in this world, some people where, there, there's a little bit of, if it's not about me, then, oh, well. And and we just talked about friends and how sometimes that happens. And as you get older, some of your friends will share more and some might not. And it was just so interesting that like she noted, I never would have noticed. <laughs> um, but it's, it's, it, it, it doesn't ever surprise me that this world still amazon instant gratification we're so used to everything now um that that people have what what they want when they want that it can be that way um even if we're in in the service field i guess yeah so grateful that many of us are collaborative and doing the work we do. How do people connect with you if they want to learn more, find books? Uh, my book is on Amazon. Um, I'll just hold a picture here. Let your dog lead. 
by Mike Overly. Um, I can be reached at michael at dogsandmen.com. Um, you can go to www.dogsandmen.com and there's tons of links to other interviews and all kinds of things on there as well. Um, and if you have a question, reach out. And if I can help you, I absolutely will. If I can't, I'll help you find someone who can. What will you be talking about next week? Oh, so um, we, we touched on it earlier and it's around uh, the death of my brother. Um, and, you know, everybody's got their own grief, um, whatever it is, whether it's a family member or, or a friend or whatever it is. Um, I've lost both. Um, but I want to share about my brother and, and what an amazing guy he was and why it affected me so deeply and then why it was such an actual gift for me. Oh, yeah. And tie the dogs into the whole thing. I cannot believe that Indigo had, like, I just expected right there. Yeah, she's uh, she's tired of being on camera. <laughs> Can people work with you in person if they choose to in Colorado? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I do one-on-one. -on -one. Um, I'm starting new groups. We'll see how that goes. I think people are really burned out with online stuff, but um, so we'll see. What else should anyone know? Um, yeah, I, I'm not, uh, I'm not fancy, right? I, uh, I'm a simple, easy living guy. I, I live in this place, backs up to a farm. I've got a cool view. I like quiet. I have to have a lot of downtime and whatever works for you works for you. You don't have to be like me or anybody else. So uh, you're exactly where you're supposed to be in your life. Otherwise you'd be somewhere else. So give yourself a little break. What else besides animals helped heal? What everybody has their own path. It's unique. It's individual. Um, any suggestions as we're in this holiday season, we're surrounded by glitz and glam and the perception that it's supposed to be happy. Yeah. Yeah. This, um, commercialized holiday, um, I have to remove a lot of the societal beliefs around it and, and navigate my way through it. Um, the holidays were not great for me um, growing up. I don't, I don't remember a lot of happy memories, but I have to give myself time and space. So um, even if I'm with my family, I might go for a walk, right? I, I will excuse myself and just go take care of myself. That's one thing that so many people are afraid to do. You know, if someone doesn't get it, that's okay. They're not going to get it. They're, they may never get it. They don't have to. You don't need someone else's permission to take care of yourself. So time in nature, time walking your dog, whatever it is. Or if, if you're like me, you can use your dog as an excuse to leave early. Hey, I got to get home and get my dog out, right? I've done that a thousand times, but it's because I needed to. I, I, whatever I was doing, I wanted to leave, and that was an easy way out for me. So... Yeah, take care of you. You don't need anybody else's permission to do that. So, or you can have my permission if that helps. I love that you say, I, you know, people think that it's impolite to leave the room. It's worse to hurt yourself. It really is to suffer yeah. and to go home and pay the price. 
you're suffering and no one knows, and it might be difficult to speak up and say so. Um, so you can say, I'm getting a phone call, I have a stomach ache, you know, whatever. Our parents used to tell us when we were little kids, you know, if you don't want to go, you can say mom and dad said no, or, you know, whatever, whatever excuses, same thing. Anything, it's okay. you, anything you have to say to get out the door. Go take care of yourself. It's a, it's okay to not be okay. You don't have to put on this happy ass mask for everybody else. So. We have the nature. What about people who don't have the luxury of Colorado? Oh, <laughs> there's lots of neat places. This country, that's the thing. This country is so amazing. All the different environments and climates. Um, yeah, go somewhere you like to go. If there's a, you know, I, again, I love nature. There's, there's a whole other thing around that we could get into another time. But we were born in nature, right? We, we, we didn't have all these buildings and all this stuff until recently in history and i think we're missing that a lot we miss being outside like we love pretty pictures and looking at pretty places so what you know go outside and, and just watch the squirrels i love watching the squirrels Doesn't you don't have to convince me nature that's how i healed that's why I, you know my family's in michigan i stayed here um i don't think the world slows down enough um but but people bad weather, you know, there's people who, and, you know, if I was in Michigan, I don't know if I would do it in, in gray drear. Yeah. Well, it's, it's interesting, right? That, that kind of weather comes in and you're literally forced to either stay inside or slow down. Right. And then, but our minds start going, but why, why don't we take that as an opportunity to actually just, Oh, okay. I don't have to wash the car. I don't have to do this. I don't have to go there. You know, it's bad weather outside. I'm going to stay inside. I'm going to get the fire going. I'm going to, you know, make some hot chocolate. You know, do something nice for yourself. It's okay. Yeah, slowing down. Yeah, it's the gray drear. I was only there from Wednesday to Monday. And, whoo, our sunshine is a gift. Yes. Yeah, no, it's it's awful nice here. It is awful nice here. Um but don't tell anybody else because we don't want to moving in. <laughs> I know. I know, especially in our neck of the woods. Like, I was afraid of northern Colorado. I, I had this thing in my mind that there were feet of snow. Um, and now I let other people believe that. I tell them it's true. <laughs> oh, yeah. My friend's California. I'm like, oh, God, you guys would hate the thumb. I got the weather. It's terrible. And, and you know, lightning storms and 28 <laughs> feet of snow and, and bears and, you know. <laughs> Miserable. Miserable. You'd hate, you, it. you'd hate it. I hate it, but I can't afford to leave. So, yeah. <laughs> okay. Anything else? Where can people find you until the event? What are we forgetting? Um, I'm on Facebook, Michael Overly, O-V-E-R-L-I-E. -E. I'm on LinkedIn with the same. Um, I just started a Dogs and Men page on LinkedIn. So if you want to follow there as well. Um, that's it. That's all I got. Thank you so much for your time and your story. Join us at the event. Even if you can't attend any all part, the library is open until March. You can catch it there. Come back. 
you'll hear something you like, you won't remember it. That's how grief goes. So it will be open until then. Thank you so much, Michael Overly, Facebook, LinkedIn, Dogs and Men. Until next time, everyone, always be ruthless. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening today. Your support means everything to me, truly. If this podcast resonates with you, please do me a favor and join in the Ruthless Movement by making some noise and doing one of these four things. Subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Tell a friend so we can break stigmas even faster. Leave a review so people can see what you think of the show. And last, if you want to learn more about me and be a part of the Grief Hub community, please head on over to the Facebook group. We'd love to have you. Thanks again for spending your time with us and see you next week.